was the week before Christmas and all through your hive, everyone was listening to Chris Fabry live. <laughs> hey friend, how you doing? I love my poetry. That's as far as I've gotten today. Welcome to the Thursday before Christmas. Oh, what a great time of year to talk about eternal truths, to talk about transformation. A lot of people look at Christianity as a list of do's and don'ts, a list of how do I get God to like me? No, no, no. That's not what this is. What God did for us in eternity past was plan this event that we celebrate the incarnation and then everything that happened after that. Today at the Radio Backyard Fence, we are going to answer a question that a listener wrote 13 years ago. And the question basically was, with all the outreach events and the planning and the cantatas and the energy put into the church Christmas pageant of the kids and the animals and whatever has gone on, do those make any difference? Does that, does that make any, does the preaching at Christmas time, does that make a difference for people? So we conducted a program to answer that question and you're going to hear it today. As you might assume, our program is recorded since we're doing this from 13 years ago. Don't call us today. But I do hope it's another log on the fire of your faith, another shining example of a light that burns brightly. We'll get to that in just a moment. Let me thank our friends behind the scenes. Ryan McConaughey is making me sound better than I deserve, and he does that all year long. Tricia McMillan is our producer. She does the same. And let me thank our friends and partners who get involved with us. A friend is at the back fence is a person who gives a one-time gift. A partner gives a gift each month. And I'd like you to consider doing that today. It'd be a great encouragement here at the end of the year. You know how important December is for ministries. And one group of people I've been thinking about lately is those who are caregivers to people who have dementia or a diagnosis of Alzheimer's. I see it in the responses to the programs that we did, mostly in uh, November, which was Alzheimer's Awareness Month, but also people who have responded since then. Even people who have given gifts have, have said, thank you for the emphasis on this in November. Really appreciated that. And then they'll describe what is going on in their house. I wrote a story titled Saving Grayson. It's our thank you for the rest of December, which is quickly moving away from us. Need I say more? Give a gift of any size. We'll send you Saving Grayson. I haven't told you about the cover yet, though. When an author works with a publisher, generally the author doesn't get to decide the cover art. People who know a lot more than I do come up with designs and they ask the author's opinion, but I don't have authority. And so the folks at Folks on the Family uh, read the book. They got in, they sent me several, I think it was like three different versions. You know, we go this direction, this direction, or this direction. And central to that was this metaphor of a bridge. It's really important in the story and, and uh, Grayson Hayes' backstory the, of the bridge. And I saw it and I liked all three, but I wrote back and I hope I wasn't too testy, <laughs> but I wrote back and I said, this is mostly landscape. You know, I see trees and hills and rocks and rills and there's that bridge there, but there's nothing personal in it. I want to see Grayson. I want to see him sitting on the bench. I want to see him fly fishing in the river. 
You know, I need to, I need to see him or the relationship that he has with his wife. And the designer wrote back uh, and kindly said, I hear what you're saying. Let me, let me work on something else. And sent me, as soon as I opened it up, as soon as I saw the picture, I thought, that's it. That's it right there. And you'll see it on the cover. If you go to chrisfabrylive.org, scroll down, you will see what that cover looks like. And basically, it is that you see the bridge that goes over the river, but superimposed over that is a picture of an older man who's just a, a silhouette. And this is their depiction of Grayson. The other thing, and I don't know if they knew this or not, but the other thing about Alzheimer's patients is they gravitate toward the color teal. There's something about teal and on the um, spine of the book and then my name is in the color teal. And I thought, wow, that's that's really cool. Once I was reading more about Alzheimer's and how that is a calming color for many people. So you'll walk into a doctor's office and you'll see the walls in teal, and that's why. Uh, So I'll stop. I'd love to send you a copy of Saving Grace and give a gift of any size at chrisfabrylive.org, chrisfabrylive.org. Or you can call us here on the Thursday before Christmas, 866-95-FABRY, 866-953-2279. I hope that's a story that will touch a nerve in your heart. Another book that has really caught my attention, if you heard the conversation last week with Ryan Whitaker-Smith, I guess it's been almost two weeks ago now, Winter Fire, Christmas with G.K. Chesterton. It's just a treasury of poetry and stories and Ryan riffing on Chesterton. In the early 1900s, an editor at the Times asked a question of several well-known authors. What's wrong with the world today? And Chesterton responded with this, Dear Sir, I am (laughs) yours, G.K. Chesterton. And that perfectly leads into what we're going to be talking about today at the Radio Backyard Fence. So without further ado, let's get back to the program from 2010 here on Chris Fabry Live. A dear listener emailed me the other day, and as I want to say, you are one of our greatest resources. God, of course, is our greatest resource, but he provides you as the conduit for some of his stories, his trophies of grace, as it were. And here is the subject matter for today. Chris, are you looking for any more program topics for the Christmas season? I have always wanted to hear stories of people who came to know the Lord at this time of year, but I don't think I've ever heard a single one. Those of us in music ministry in particular pour ourselves into our into outreach at Christmas time. Does it really make any difference? Do the words of the carols and other Christmas songs that non-Christian people encounter during these few weeks ever really make them stop and think? Does the focus on the birth of Christ ever arrest their attention and cause them to make him room in their heart? If so, why have I never heard anyone talk about being saved at Christmas. Sigh, wouldn't you love to know how people would respond to those questions? I know I would. Here end ends the reading from our listener. Well, so would I. As soon as I read that, I thought, oh, that that is, because I don't think I've ever heard that specific of a a, a call either. Um, 
And I've said this many times. You've probably heard pastors and those up front say that people's hearts are more tender at this time of year, that they're more open to spiritual things, that you can talk with them about Jesus and God and what happened 2,000 years ago. But I don't know if that really is true. I know it's true on a on a personal level because I've seen it happen that people are, you know, that a little bit easier. It's a little easier to talk with them about spiritual things. But I don't know on a broad spectrum if if that is true. And that's why one of the reasons why I, I want to talk with you about this. Have you had this happen in your life where you came to God at Christmas? Were the the words of a carol meaningful or a hymn? Is that what drew you? I'd like to hear from you. Here's the number again, 877-LIVE-675. 877-548-3675. Of course, in my theological musical construct, the main reason we sing songs in church or do special cantatas or musicals, the main reason is to give glory to God. That is at the center of our worship. And those who are believers are built up because of the words and the music. The Hallow Your Chorus, for example, is something that you know, my soul just wants to explode when I hear that. And I remember the first time that I actually had the opportunity to be in an ensemble and sing uh, one of the parts of that and how overwhelming it was. It was almost this, it was almost like uh, preaching a sermon, you know, the responsibility that you feel when you stand up in a pulpit. When you were singing that uh Music, the uh, Hallelujah Chorus. There's just a, there's just this weight that you feel. I don't want to make a make a mistake here. I think I sang an extra, and he shall reign one. <laughs> but you know, there there is that intangible audience out there of people who have not responded to God's call in their life, who have heard the songs, heard the music, know the message. They've known it since they were a kid, and maybe they even believe it in their head, but it never got to their heart. And this listener wants to know, has that ever borne fruit in your life? Oh, what are listeners going to say in response to this? You're going to find out straight ahead on Moody Radio. That was the question I asked some 13 years ago, and you'll hear the response from callers. Let's see what happens, and let's see what happens in your own heart as you listen to these stories. More of Chris Fabry Live straight ahead on Moody Radio. Today on Chris Fabry Live, we are going back into the archives from 2010 when I asked a question about Christmas and the changes that may have come in your life at Christmas time. Maybe it was a Christmas Eve service that you went to, Christmas Day service. It was during the, the season of Advent when something happened and there was a big change. Maybe you became a Christian around Christmas. So I asked this question. You're going to hear from callers in this hour. And if you hear a phone number, if you hear dated information, this was on December the 8th of 2010. If you hear any dated information, disregard that. Don't call our phone number. You can go to the website if you want to. Go to chrisfabrylive.org. Respond on Facebook if you'd like. But let's get started with Barbara, who called from Minerva, Ohio. I wanted to tell you... um... 2004, Christmas, I thought was going to be one of the most difficult times for me. My my dear sweet daddy um, had Alzheimer's hmm. and um, had fallen early in the year in spring and um, 
had broken the SIP. At any rate, we knew the time was drawing near that uh, he was going to pass. And um, as the days got longer into December, we could see that, that it was narrowing down. And I had said to the nursing home staff, he had been there about 18 months, and I said, you know, he's going to pass away Christmas Eve. And, um, of course, they looked at me, and I said, no, my dad loved Christmas Eve, and he made Christmas Eve so special for us and just... It was just a wonderful time for our family, and, and I just I just felt very strongly, and and um, I honestly expected it to be very hard. And um, that day, Mom and I were with him, and I spent the day I would sing to him, and um, just didn't know if he really knew I was there necessarily, but um, spent that that whole day. And Christmas Eve came around, and um, I was singing Silent Night. Got to sleep in heavenly peace, and Pop took his last breath. and And I said, "Mom, I I don't think he's breathing. He's not with us now." And and you know, if we thought, "Oh, this was this was going to be devastating," and yet we had such a beautiful, peaceful feeling. And then the the people began to line up from the nursing home who worked there, and and during the time Pop was there, I had gotten a box was called a memory box, and we would put pictures, different pictures in it, and it had a tape recorder in it, and we would ask people to press the button just in the morning and at night. We, we didn't want to, you know, overtax them, but if they would just press it, and it would, we could record our voices, so anyone who came in in the family or um, friends could push it and record a message for Pop, and then he would hear it. Well, as the people filed in that evening from the nursing home, um, we would hear them say, Good night, Grandpa. Goodbye, Grandpa. Well, Grandpa, you know, and, and we were like, how? So they would talk to him about different things that we had left messages because I asked them, how do you know these things about my dad? And so one man said, Grandpa, oh, we've been hearing Grandpa this, Grandpa that for mo- months on this little box. And um, and then they would share the, the Bible messages that my kids would leave or my my nieces and nephews, their messages, they, they all were sharing these beautiful things. And here, unbeknownst to us, this little plastic box with pictures had been such a ministry. And, and this evening that we thought was going to be so difficult turned into like a worship season. It was just, it was just incredible, absolutely a beautiful moment. And I will always cherish that evening and how the Lord took that, that situation, that what one would think would be such a difficult time and made it a beautiful moment in my life. You know what? That's a testimony to not only God's faithfulness to you, but your dad's, um, who he was, you know, in essence, the way that he poured himself out into you and the kids and probably the grandkids that came back around to him through those messages. And then look what it did. It was like this light, this little candle, you know, that, that shed an awful lot of light to the people around him. That's a beautiful story, Barbara. And he was, he was basically, um, I mean, he didn't speak and he was non-ambulatory um, and all that. But, but through those months of us coming and, um, you know, making his room reflect who he was because he was a farmer, and having things out and just, just, you know, we just didn't even think about that we were ministering to all these people. Yes. So it was incredible. Right. I will tell you, sometimes when I sing Silent Night I, um, and hear it, I get tears, but it's not tears of sorrow. It is just tears of those memories of being there with him um, when he slipped from this world and went to, to be with the Lord. And it was just such a, an incredible moment for me and for my mom. Um, 
they had had uh, 57 years together. It was just incredible. 57. And, um, I don't think I'll sing that and get to the line, sleep in heavenly peace again and not think about you. Thank <laughs> you. Know? you. Yeah, that is a well, great think song. about my father. Lawrence Brown was an incredible man, and um, he lived mm. 89 and a half years, and... Uh, Thank the Lord, only the last few. Alzheimer's is a difficult disease. I, I encourage people, um, take care of yourself. Caregivers can get very tired, but, you know, relish in every moment that you have, because um, even even when Pop didn't necessarily know us, you know, we realize now, and, and like I say that evening, that all of the time that we were there and trying to minister to him and, and just love him and care for him, we actually were having an impact on that entire staff. Just we just did not realize, and we feel blessed that God allowed us to do that. So, well, and He will use that. He will use that in in other people's lives. You know, just your love and your faithfulness, and pour that poured out to Him. Thank you. That's a great call to start with today. Uh, if you're just tuning in, where I'm asking you the question. Did something special happen to you spiritually? An awakening of some sort. Uh, th- this was Barbara's story was about her dad. Sherry's story is about herself. Uh, she's in Indiana. Hi, Sherry. Thanks for calling. Right ahead. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Um, okay. I just wanted to share a little bit of my story today. Um, just through some recent personal life changes. Um, I've been going to counseling, and uh, my pastor gave me an Advent book. And, uh, you know, reading the Advent book and reading through the scriptures has really led me back to Jesus. Um, I was saved when I was 12 years old, but due to some very tragic personal circumstances in my life, I didn't let Jesus in. I let Jesus out. And um, my husband was a Christian for a couple years, and I didn't participate in church with him. And uh, we've recently been divorced, and so that's where the counseling came from. But um, the Advent book really just... You know, I've been reading the Bible and reading the scriptures, and Jesus has just turned my heart around, and he has his arms around me, and he's leading me, and I know that he has a great journey for me in store, and I just embrace that this Christmas season. Hmm. And and so this has been a recent thing with you then? Yes, it has. Yeah. Well, how does it feel? Because a lot of people who, you know, you may be talking with somebody today, or uh, they're, they're listening, and would say, Ugh. You know, I, I God's okay, but I just can't go back to church. I've just made a mess of my life. I can't do... What would you say to that person? Um, I've been at that point, and, uh, you know, you just have to turn it over to God. You know, all things are possible through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And um, if you just let Him in, He will lead the way. Just turn everything over to Jesus and uh, your heart, your mind. You know, be open for what God has in store for us, because I know that God has big plans for me. I'm not sure what they are yet. But I know in my heart that he does. Yeah. Um, and the peace and contentment is just absolutely overwhelming. I love the, you know, the word Advent. I believe that means, we were talking with uh, Nancy Guthrie last week. I believe that simply means coming. And, and the, the coming of Christ, the Messiah, and this one who was foretold so long ago and all people throughout the Old Testament. We talked about this yesterday. People were waiting. They were wondering, when's he going to get here? When is the Messiah coming? And the people who saw Jesus, uh, with the exception of a few, were looking for somebody else. You know, they were looking for something else. That Their expectations 
were of something else. But then uh, they didn't understand. You know, they didn't understand, understand who he came to be, to be our suffering servant. And then he will come again in glory. Um, but Sherry, I'm so glad that you you have embraced that and that you've, even though you've had some um, hard situations in your life, that you've allowed God to um, draw you back to himself. And it sounds like you're on a good road now. I feel like I am. You know, Jesus knocks at our hearts a lot and we shut the door. But if we will just open it and allow Jesus in, our life could be so different and so fulfilled and abundant. Um, you know, you can just see things a lot clearer. Yeah. Oh, thank you for calling today. I really appreciate it. Here's our number, one eight seven seven live 675 You're listening to Chris Fabry Live. Have you, um, have you had that kind of awakening that uh, Sherry was talking about there in Indiana? Have you, has something happened to you at Christmas that uh, sparked something within you to say, I, I, I need to go back or I, I need God in the first place? Brenda is in Benton, Tennessee. Hi, Brenda. Thanks for calling today. Go right ahead. Hi. Thanks for having me. Uh, I just wanted to say um, I've been searching. I, I had accepted Christ as a young child myself, and then life happens, and you kind of push him away and think you can handle things on your own. And now I'm a parent of two-and-a-half-year-old twins, and the search was on to get him back into my life. But it's it's kind of hard to... Um, to find him sometimes. Sometimes he finds you instead. <laughs> so this past Friday, we had co-workers and I had gone out for a Christmas brunch. And I was talking with one of them, and she had told me about a homeless man that she helps and how bad um, his coveralls were. She washed them, and she said, you know, they basically were rags. And I said, hey, I actually have two pair I have um, that are too small for my husband but they're actually too big for me, but we still have them. Just didn't have anything to do with them. And she says, I'll buy them. And I said, no, honey, they're yours to have. I will bring them to you because that man needs them. Hmm. She told me, she says, oh, I've got to call my mom because every time a blessing happens in my life, I call her and I let her know what's happened. She said, every time I have a need that I just mentioned to somebody, it always seems like they have the fulfillment of that need. And um, so when I went out to my car to load up my twins, I looked down and there was a shiny brand new penny at the front of my car. And I've heard the story, um, shiny pennies, when you find a penny, it's not just your lucky day, but it's also a reminder of God's blessings in your life. Hmm. And so that really hit me hard after being able to bless her. And we went to a Christmas play that night. and. Um, they were singing the song, Christ is Alive. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that song, but um, he's alive. He has risen. And they were doing it in a dance formation with the um, glow-in-the-dark sticks. And it just hit me. And it was like, God is here. God is in my life, and he has found me. <laughs> Isn't that yeah. great? It Isn't is. that great? You know that that, uh, and that's that's the the message of you can't think. I can't think about Christmas without thinking about the cross, and I can't think about the cross without thinking about the the tomb, and I can't think about the tomb without looking at the stone that was rolled away, and I can't look at the stone without thinking about glory and where He is, and then those of us who are here now that reflect His glory, 
it, it all fits together and he is alive. He, was, he wasn't kept in the manger and he wasn't kept in the tomb and he's not up on the cross. He is in glory right now and he is alive for he you and me. Alive. Yes. And, and you know, I, I can't say there was a great moment that hit me and it was like the lights went on and bells and whistles. It was just little things that led up to it that that let me know, you know, God is alive and he is with me now. Yes. You know, right I, here. I felt right like here. I couldn't find him, but I've always heard if you can't find him, he will find you. I have to admit, I was a little scared when you started talking about the shiny penny there. <laughs> it turned out it's right. You know, if you see, you just see clover or you see a, an electric fence, think about God's blessings in your life or a shiny penny will do. I love Charles Wesley's carol. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins, release us. Let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth, thou art. Dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. And, and that's, part of that is, you know, this is what we're talking about. He's, he's not in the manger. He's not in the tomb. He is alive. And if he is alive, what is he doing in your life today? Even as you listened to this program from uh, 2010, what is he moving you toward today? How is he comforting you and walking right alongside you, the great shepherd of the sheep? This is Chris Fabry live on Moody Radio. Again, we are hearkening back to a conversation we had, oh, 13 years ago. And there are more great calls and stories straight ahead. This is Chris Fabry Live online, chrisfabrylive.org. How has God invaded your life? That's what we're considering today from a program 13 years ago when we asked, especially around Christmas time, was there some kind of change that happened in you? We'll get right back to the conversation, but let me tell you about CareNet. I've been talking about CareNet for the last few months. We had Roland Warren on with us a few months ago, and one of the greatest pro-life apologetics Roland has found is to ask the question, when did Jesus' human life begin? Jesus is fully God. He was existing from from before the foundation of the world, right? He's always he has always been. But what about Jesus in his humanity? When did that begin? And what happened in Mary's womb when she walked into uh, the baby John the Baptist was in the womb too? What happened in utero? They responded. It is unfathomable to think about taking that life in the womb, uh, in the life of Jesus, right? Yeah, sure it is. Well, what about the life that's in the womb of the woman who is trying to make the decision, do I go ahead with this pregnancy or do I terminate? That's what CareNet is all about. And they've come alongside the church to allow the church to get involved in this pro-abundant life ministry. They've developed a program called Making Life Disciples. So it's not just about saving the life of the unborn child. It's about eternal life for the woman who's going through this, as well as the man and other people who are involved. Would you do me a favor? Click CareNet. There's a green button at the website, chrisfabrylive.org. 
You'll find out more right there. Click CareNet when you go to chrisfabrylive.org. Up next is Daryl in Spokane, Washington. I grew up in a Christian home, but uh, throughout my high school, I'd sort of gotten away from that, and so I hadn't been involved in church or anything. But a, a girl that was in the class behind mine, I was a senior, uh, started inviting me to go to this uh, youth activity at this local church. And uh, so I went and attended with her and got a little bit involved and began to hear uh, and began, the Lord began to speak to me. Uh, and actually, uh, what happened to me was at, not at Christmas, but at New Year's, right after New Year's, uh, they had a youth service. And uh, I don't remember much about what the pastor said, but at the end, he was sort of uh, an appeal to the students, there were young people that were there, to, to dedicate their lives to the Lord for the coming year. And so a lot of my friends went forward to do that, and I realized I couldn't because I wasn't a Christian. Hmm. And uh, so uh, after this service was over with, I went up to the pastor and I said, I'd like to become a Christian. Of course, he was uh, glad to uh, help me with that. (laughs) I bet he was. (laughs) And so he just explained to me that... that, uh, I was a sinner, and that I was separated from God because of that. I needed to confess that to to God and invite Jesus into my life. And so I prayed a simple prayer doing that, and uh, uh, Jesus came into my life, changed my life. And that's been uh, over 50 years ago. So you were going to church, you were doing all the things, but you knew, no, I I don't have what these other people have here. Yeah, it was the was the realization. I mean, the Lord's in that moment spoke to me and informed me <laughs> that I wasn't a Christian and and I wanted to be a Christian. And yeah. so uh, that's how he drew me to himself. And uh, uh, it was very interesting. The girl that, that invited me to go, uh, I hadn't seen her for 50 years, but I think was thinking about her uh, and and Sunday in church, I turned around, and her and her husband were sitting right behind me. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so I, I greeted her, you know, and, and uh, we were new to acquaintance, and, and I said, uh, and I told the story, I, because I've always credited her with being yes. the, the principal influence in my coming to Christ <laughs> because of her persistence in inviting me. And uh, her response was, were you cute? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, I guess I was. <laughs> Past tense, yeah. <laughs> You're probably still cute, though, aren't you? <laughs> well, I'm not as cute as I used to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know what? It sounds like God has done some stuff in your life even you know, after that, and he's used you down through the years. Oh, yeah. He's been faithful over the years, and it's been a slow progress, but uh, God doesn't care how long it takes. You know, we have eternity. Oh, isn't that the truth? You know, I think we get so hung up on that and, and wanting to change people to change overnight. But but God knows the end from the beginning. And that's why he says, I'm going to complete the work that I began in you. Yeah, and he's and, uh, been faithful to me 55 years. I haven't been faithful to him, but he has been to me. So. Hmm. Daryl, thanks for your story. And uh, and thanks to that friend of yours who, who, even if it was because he was cute, invited him to church. And if you're thinking about the same thing, 
invite somebody, you know, to this, you never know what's going to happen or how God's going to use that. Dennis is listening in Lake Forest, Illinois. Hi, Dennis. Thanks for calling today. Hi. Tell me your story. Um, I was, uh, I gave my heart to the Lord in, uh, 1995, December 5th, uh, uh, after a long bout of, uh, adolescent drug use and alcohol, um, three DUIs is basically the third one was a straw that broke the camel's back in, uh, back in 1995. And I gave my heart to the Lord and I walked with him faithfully, uh, uh up until, you know, like about 2006 or so is when I, uh, I I gave that devil a foothold in my life again after losing a job and uh, having to uh, move and sell my house and move. Uh, all good intentions to, uh, to move into with uh, my mother-in-law's uh, to help uh, fix up her house and help her. Uh, but I I leaned on some old habits and uh, tried to uh, get you know just doing that and uh, using uh, marijuana and. You know, it's just I just kept walking into darkness, and it got darker and darker and darker. And my wife knew something was going on. She finally caught on. Uh, and then I started drinking, uh, uh, and that just really put the nail almost in my coffin. Uh, when one night my wife, she wasn't going to divorce me, but she couldn't see me go down that path any longer, uh, was going to separate. Um, I'd come home, and it's just I just got obliterated, just stupid drunk and high, and uh, the cop, some cops, were, a cop was called. When he showed up, I uh, came up with a shotgun and, mm. uh, and pointed it at him, and he almost shot me to death. And it took that to, to, to till up the soil of my heart, because I had hardened my heart so much uh, from 2006 to 2009. And uh, when I was in the Lake County Jail, I, I knew that soil was fertile ground because I, I knew the Lord. I just, I knew I was walked away from him and I it was hanging in the balance. I was about, uh, you know, I was going to, you know, uh, on one side of the balance was drugs and alcohol and, and chasing women and just living the party single lifestyle. Like I thought I may have wanted. And of course, I was blinded by uh, the devil and his, his tricks, you know, in my own flesh. And, uh, and then the other side of the balance was uh, walking with the Lord and with my having my beautiful Christian wife, and I was going to give all that up. And uh, thankfully, uh, you know, He has a way of working things out. I would, I didn't. No one got shot. I didn't get killed. And uh, when I was in uh, Lake County Jail, I uh, gave my heart back to the Lord, hmm. and it's just been nothing but miracles since then. And actually, uh, the day I was in Lake County Jail was December 5th, 2009. It was exactly to the day, 14 years. And I, I'm here to tell you that our God is a jealous God, mm. and he does not like his children uh, put, putting up idols, worshiping, you know. And uh, I'm just thankful that he came after me. And, uh, and you know, the way you talk about this, Dennis, uh, it strikes me that you can look back on it now and you can say, how dumb this was to be smoking and be drinking and chasing other women and all of that kind of, you can say it now when you were in the middle of it though, it probably felt like, you know, really good and that you were fulfilled and yeah, I want to go further into this. Uh, But now looking back on it, you can see, you can see it for what it was, the truth about it. Yes. It's a way to death. It's a, it, it leads to death. 
that sin leads to death, and, and God is, and Jesus, through Jesus, is, is leads to life. And uh, ever since that day, and like I said, it was exactly to the day, 14 years, I mean, I've just seen nothing but his hand of blessing. Our, the, where I work was really almost, I mean, it was really low on business. And my boss, who who, who was a believer as well, uh, I mean, God has just stepped in mightily uh, at Control Designs. And uh, he, I mean, we have so much business, we don't know even know what to do anymore. We've hired more people. Uh, two of the guys I worked with, they know the Lord now. Uh, there are more people coming in. They're hearing the word. We used to listen to just acid, you know, just like demon music all day long. And now we listen to mostly uh, Christian radio all day long. It's just absolutely a testimony of what God can do. It's just yeah, and the change that, you know, that's, you know, listening to ACDC and then and then tuning in to Moody Radio, that's that's a quite a stark difference. <laughs> but it happens because and some of it is the maturing process and you realize what's important. But the other thing, sometimes the light just has to go on. And maybe that's where you are today. And the light has gone on in some way, but you want to keep it under a bushel because you say, well, if I become a Christian, then it's, he's going to take all my fun away. Yeah, you know, if the, and and you got to count the cost. Perhaps if you become a Christian, you won't get high anymore, and you won't pick up a shotgun and point it at a sheriff's deputy and almost get killed. I hope you never have to go to prison if you become a Christian. Uh, I don't know what what will happen. Sometimes people become believers in Christ and their life just kind of falls apart because their friends abandon them. They don't have those. A family member say. I don't want anything to do with you. The question is not necessarily what is going to happen to me after I do this. The question is what's true about me and about God and and how I'm going to get, come back into that relationship or come into a relationship with him. And the only way is the Bible says through Jesus. And that's why Christmas is so important. It's why we celebrate what God did for you and me in the incarnation. Now we have a couple more calls waiting from this Best Up broadcast, this Christmas conversation we had about Christmas conversions back in 2010, and we'll get to those straight ahead. Go to the website, you can find out more about us. Give us some encouragement today at chrisfabrylive.org. This is Chris Fabry Live on Moody Radio. Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming alongside us. Hope you're having a a great Christmas season and uh, leading up to that. And hope today's program is meaningful to you. We'd love for you to reach out and support us. You can find out how to do that at chrisfabrylive.org, chrisfabrylive.org. But I want you to listen to two other people here that we have time for in this Best Up broadcast. One is a caller from Lebanon, Indiana, who wanted to share how God invaded his life when he was in prison. Listen to this. All right. Well, it starts for me, Chris. I was atheist all my life, um, and it's sort of a whole holiday story for me. I, I got baptized on Halloween Day, and what a day to get baptized, especially when you're incarcerated. I was uh, locked up in a level four prison and I had accumulated nine arrests and four felonies for DUI charges and drug possession charges. And, and you're right, I have a lot of similarities with Dennis. I had lived a lifestyle of, uh, especially as an, as an atheist, 
the lifestyle led to drugs, alcohol, and women, and, and my atheist uh, frame of mind, you know, certainly led to even more of all of that. But once I got into prison, um, and prison's a very hard place to serve the Lord, it can be, it can be seen as a weakness in people. And uh, when I got baptized on Halloween Day, um, and then I gave my heart to the Lord when an outside pastor came in and spoke a scripture from uh, Numbers chapter 13, verse 23, uh, the Valley of Eshcol, I underlined it in my Bible that night when I was reading, and an outside pastor came in the next day and began preaching his sermon from that verse. Hmm. And uh, all I could hear was this hum from the lights in the room, and uh, everything else I had you know, everything else was blocked out except every word that he spoke, and God was just literally speaking to me into my spirit, and it was that time for me. And and then I began to pray. That was November 4th of that year, and then I began to pray, and my daughter's probably one of the best testimonies as to what God can actually do in someone's life, because she was old enough to remember the way I was before I had the Lord, and now she's seen my life, you know, since my release in, from prison nine years ago and seeing the difference that the Lord can truly make in someone. And, and I was telling my daughter, you know, not to pray or not to ask for God to let me out in time for Christmas, because I began to ask the Lord not to let me go home unless things were going to be different. So I, I told her, don't, don't pray for me to come home. And I, I asked the Lord, and I said, you know, I don't want to leave prison until I've read the Bible all the way through. And uh, subsequently, in the spring of the next year, um, without and right at Christmas, it was amazing the power that when guys would go to court and come back and we would start a prayer list and we'd get in a prayer circle while we were there together and somebody would go to court and come back or somebody would get a letter from a loved one and how important hope is for someone that's locked up at the holidays. It's just it's so important to someone that's incarcerated and we would pray and we would see God moving in such a powerful way in people's lives it was amazing it just it just continued to draw me more and more into his word i just wanted to know more cuz i had never known the lord i'd been atheist and uh, i'm a survivor of child abuse and i think you know from that very early hurt in my life that that i became angry at the lord cuz i think atheists even have to make a profession of faith they're they're admitting that they they don't believe and something. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I was that way for many years, and from a childhood hurt uh, that was so deep all those years. And then, you know, I really started to, every time the chapel doors were open, um, I didn't miss it. Even if they were only showing a movie, I was there. Uh, I was just. <laughs> what are you hunt. doing? What are you doing right now? I mean, what, what uh, in the nine years since you've been out? Oh, it's been incredible. I got involved with a ministry called Celebrate Recovery. Um, and then that has just exploded. I'm now the state representative for Celebrate Recovery inside the jails and prisons, and God has called me to go back inside. I had to wait a year. It's a standard time, Chris, to have to wait a year before you're allowed to go back into Department of Corrections facilities. And in that year that I had to wait, I completed my degree in theology so I'd be even more prepared to minister. And then as I started going back, when the doors started to open, they were just flying open. I mean, it was like Paul and Silas, you know, and, and it was, it was amazing. It still amazes me. Nine years later, it still is blowing my mind. My wife and I have started a not-for-profit uh, 501c3 not-for-profit business across the state 
help pay for the gas for me to go and the printer cartridges and the copy paper. We send free Bible studies out and free Bibles to inmates that write to us. And it's just, it's amazing to me that God could use me after all the years that I was atheist and could still see me as worthy of being used and call me to go back to minister to those guys that are now incarcerated like I was. And I love what you said about the hope, because not just for people who are incarcerated, but for everybody, that's what you need. And that's what Christmas represents. There is not just hope, but God invading us, you know, coming in on this rescue mission. And he did it in your heart and life. and He's doing it in other people's lives. Uh, hang on. I want Tricia to get your information off the air here and, and uh, we'll try to stay in touch. But thank you for that, that message. Just a couple of minutes left. Jim is in Ohio and Mount Vernon. Hi, Jim. Not a whole lot of time, but I wanted to hear briefly what happened to you. Yes, it was uh, Christmas Day of 2005. Uh, it happens that uh, Christmas was on a Sunday that year. And my family, my wife and children, have been attending church for a couple years. And every Sunday they would invite me to church. And, uh, you know, me being the, the person that I was, it was always, uh, uh, you know, maybe I'll go next week. Maybe I'll go next week. And finally it got to the point where they actually they quit asking probably the last several months. But, um some things have been happening in my life, not bad things, but just coincidences, so many coincidences. And, it, and it, what it did was it, it caused me to start looking at things. And so I started to ask questions about Christ and about, about the Christian faith. And it just so happens that my home is right across the street from a church. And I would, would pester this pastor, well, what about this? And what about this? And I had a list of about 50 questions probably. And as we was working through some of these questions, it finally dawned on me that maybe this is real. Let me jump into Jim's story right here. And I know that you want the resolution. I know that you want the, the what comes next. Jim did tell us on the program that he went to church on that Christmas, but he chickened out. He said, I, I didn't go forward. But I think what's even more important is the process that he went through. He had a pastor and he could ply questions to this pastor. And what about this? And what about this? And finally, God did something in his heart that softened it and said, he, he asked himself, wait a minute, well, what if this is, really is true? What if God really did this in space and time, came, became a human being, gave himself died in my place, rose again to new life so that I could have a relationship with God. That's what this celebration that we have is all about. I pray that you know that. And if you don't, if that's where you are, go to the website at the top and the bottom, How to Know Christ, Knowing Christ. You'll see some resources there and scripture that will lead you into that relationship. Merry Christmas. God bless you, friend. Chris Fabry Live is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.